Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Adala Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Facebook and Instagram or online at RevivalToday.com. Now, here's Evangelist Adalis. Wow! Yay! Welcome! This is a special Q&A with Mags. Mags is in the house and Dean Melissa is in the house. And we've got our Bible school students, and please notice they are all females. That's it. So we're just here talking about girl things, okay? So girl talk. Let's just call it that. It's girl talk with um, Mags, Melissa, and I, and we want to kind of like delve into any of the questions that you guys might have, which we're going to reserve for the tail end of it. Um, and, uh, we will on, uh, like honestly answer them. If we don't have an, an answer for them, then we'll just say, I have no idea. Uh, we're not trying to fake the funk or pretend that we know everything because we don't know everything, but we can sure try. Okay. Um, but one of the things that we do want to discuss is relationships. We want to discuss marriage and, uh, we want to get you kind of familiar with the, the do's and the don'ts, the good and the bad and the ugly. Okay. Uh, so if you've got questions, write them down. Don't forget. Cause at times the Holy Spirit's going to quicken you to ask certain questions. Um, and then we'll jump to another topic because all of us have ADHD, um, or ADD up here. And, uh, so we'll jump from one question to the other and we'll forget about three different topics along the way. So, Bring it back and write those questions down and feel free to answer them. We also have the job form. You guys heard about the job form. And feel free if you want to remain anonymous because we are recording you. So don't go crazy, <laughs> ladies. <clears throat> Pastor, uh, uh, Miss, uh, Miss, Miss Dean, do you have anything to say? Um, no, I'm ready to get started. I'm excited for this, too, for the fact that I know... For those of you guys, or for anybody that's watching or listening, so our girls are not allowed to date. I don't want to say allowed, advised to date until their last semester. So that's something that we really have here that Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Dallas has has put into place to cultivate the time that you're here to seek after God, to give that year and a half, go full force. And we're believing, you know, that as you do that, as you seek that, that, that stud, that man, that knight in shining armor is going to come along the way. But something that I've seen a lot in our meetings or just talking with students is that for some of you, especially out of high school or that are in your early 20s, it's what to look for in a spouse or how do I know this person is the one? And um, a lot of times I've seen it where they will say, I don't know if I should make a list. Um, or I don't know if, you know, I just will know from God that that's the one. So that's the thing I've seen. So I wanted to ask you that, Pastor Dolls, what do you think about? Let's rewind a little bit because I want to talk about like the restrictions of uh, relationships in our our uh, Bible school. Uh, one of the things that we've noticed, this is not a long four years. There's other other Bible schools that require you to go four years and then an internship. Okay. So that's the norm. Okay. And we're not saying you can't date for four years, but we are saying to hunker down and figure out, like put first things first Correct. and figure out what you're doing. Um, a lot of times what, what, what ends up happening is that you get pulled in, in this relationship and then you lose focus with what 
what God has for you. And we don't want that. We want you to first know with assurance what it is that you're called to do. I want you guys to understand what happened to me is, is based on years and years of a relationship that I had built with Jonathan. So it wasn't like I met him and then all of a sudden he asked me on a date and we got married. Mm-hmm. We, we established a friendship. I knew his character over four years. We'd ministered together every year in, in Hawaii. So we had history. So it wasn't just like off the cuff that I was just like, Oh, huh? I get yeah. it, it wasn't like that, you know? So there is a, a, a there's a, a, a reality to knowing who you're gonna marry. And, and it's funny because when, um, when we were younger, our youth pastor said, you got to know this individual for at least four seasons. Like that's the, that's the norm. If you're a young person, you got to know him because people change. It's very, very strange. Yeah. The moment there's no sun, all of a sudden they're like introverts and they don't want to see or talk to anybody. But in the summer you catch them and they're GQ, Rico Suave, you know what I mean? Like, hey, papi. Um, and so you want to be able to decipher all of those things at least a year, y'all. And so I'm not telling you anything different that I, I would tell, uh, or I'm not telling you anything different that I would tell my daughter. You know, be around that person. See who their family is, bro. Yeah. You're marrying their family, whether you know it or not. See see how he treats his mom, how he treats the, the, the his sisters, his family. Like all of that really, really plays a part in the bigger picture of life. Don't just say yes because he's hot. You know what I mean? Like get over that. And, but most people, because we've, we've, we've narrowed it down to the ages of 18 to 35, we got some youngins up in here that have never dated, that have never been in a relationship. And all of a sudden, you know, Rigo Suave comes along and winks at you, shows you the, the, you know, a sign that you, you look cute. And it's the first time that's ever happened. And all of a sudden you're married, you want to get married and have triplets. It doesn't work that way. You got to be smart about it, but you got to know why the heck you're here. Our college was known as um, Zion Bridal Institute, Institute. ZBI, and it was a Zion Bible Institute. It's because everybody knew all of the women wanted to go in to get to, to get married. And so it was like, what happened to the call of God on your life? I'm not saying that, that, you know, that's not important. Marriage is actually the second most important decision you're ever going to make outside of salvation. But know what you want to do because a man is not, is not going to be the remedy for all the problems in your life, which so many women feel like it is. Once I find the man, then I can launch into ministry and I'll know exactly where, what I should be doing. You should know what you should be doing now, Correct. which is why when I was in Bible school, that's why I went. I wasn't going looking for no no hookup or or no honeys trying to nah, whatever. Been there, done that. I don't I don't need that. I need to know what God has in store for me. So it was the first time that I fasted. It was the first time I, I took Bible seriously, my prayer life seriously, and God showed up and and He told me exactly what I was gonna do. And make no mistake about it, I needed to know with certainty that God spoke that to me. Without the need of, of Jonathan holding my hand or any kind of outside help, man, woman, child, grandmother, pastor, I needed to know that for myself with certainty. Because now I look back on my life and, and the things, the, the, the storms that we've weathered together, I know that I would not have weathered that storm if God didn't tell me that I was supposed to be where I was supposed to be. Cause I promise you, if he didn't, I'd be like, bye, this is too hard. And that's the seriousness of it. If you don't have a call of God on your life and and walk it out with certainty, one storm is going to knock you the heck out. 
And so that's what we're avoiding. We're, we're trying to build in you character, integrity, and loyalty in the word of God before some other relationship. And so that's what's important. And we've seen it time and time again. We've played, we've, we've seen it. I've been in this game 17 years. We, she's, she's been a counselor for high school students for freaking ever. You know, Mags has been with us in the ministry for several years. We know the cycles. We know the toxic patterns people take to, uh, uh, in relationships and it, it side swipes everything. It, it just, it, it, it shipwrecks the call of God on their life and it becomes a deterrent instead of something that's a jet engine for you. Like you wait, just wait on the Lord, but know what the heck you, you got to do in Jesus name. And that's why we said, no, forget the dating because we've seen it time and time again here in this Bible school. There's lots of people that left. You know, and lots of people that get like, there's a, a stumbling block and they're all of a sudden their heart is broken. All of a sudden this isn't going right. Or now they're totally in love and they're lying and they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing to cover it up. It's not worth the call of God on your life. Mm-hmm. So this is important that you understand that we're not doing this just to be like, you know, Hitler, nah, like this is the Nazi regime. We're going to tell you what to do. Wear black, you know, don't whatever. It's not like that. We're protecting your behind. And, and we're developing character and, and this, this, this stay the course culture. And so that's why we do it. Do you feel me? Yeah. What? What else? Uh, that was great. Okay. What do you want me to talk about? My relationship? Um, I think you answered that question too, because the aspect of that you knew Pastor Jonathan for those four years. Sure. And it wasn't like he just swept in, took uh, you out yeah. of Bible college right. and was like, let's go right into ministry. And my Bible college, I knew God spoke to me during three days of prayer, a water fast, because that's what I thought that you had to do is just three water fasts. So I had a migraine and I thought I was going to die, but God showed up and he said, you are to be an evangelist. And I remember Angela Valco mm-hmm. preached a sermon, a senior sermon. Can you open this for me? Because my nail's going to pop off. Um, she preached a, a senior sermon and she said, pray for the nations. I was like, God, like t- take me to... Th- the, the, I was going to say the Philistines. Take me to, uh, Japan. Take me to the nations of the world. I want to go there. And he goes, no, you are right where you need to be. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't want to be here. Like, I thought I was going to be a missionary or something, like out, out, out and about. And uh, he goes, no, I've called you to this nation. And so I knew geographically where I was supposed to be. And I knew with certainty what my fivefold ministry call was. And it was an evangelist and, and another evangelist confirmed it the next day. So I knew that, that God's hand was in it. And, uh, and at that time, that school no longer identified, uh, evangelists as an, an office gift. So they took, they stripped that office of the evangelist out of that denomination and they had absolutely nothing for the evangelist. And so I'm like, what the heck am I here for then? And it, it really like bothered me because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, God, like, why did you bring me here? You knew I was going to be an evangelist. Why am I here? And so I remember then meeting Jonathan and then knowing by the Holy Spirit, by the quickening of the Holy Spirit, that he was to be my husband. So I had known that a year and a half prior to even meeting him, maybe even before that. I remember journaling it. I remember my 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 Bible school roommate also um, writing it down in her journal. So when he, the first day he asked me out, she pulled out a journal. So there was confirmation. This didn't come out of nowhere. Like there was, I was praying about it. I was fasting. I was seeking God about it. 
And uh, and when he said, uh, take me, like, I'm going to take you out to, to dinner. He didn't ask. He said, I'm, I'm taking you out to dinner. I was like, okay. And I felt the quickening of the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, follow him. Cause he's gonna, he's gonna help you out in the, in the call that I've placed in your life and you know with certainty. And that was it. But leaving the school for a relationship, it would have to be, it would have to be the Lord. And, I, and I'm not saying that everybody here that has to finish it. I would say it would be foolish not to finish what you start because we're not doing four years. Our school was a four year school. Okay. And there was no evangelism. So you guys do soul winning. So you're literally wearing all of the hats. Stay with it. It's a year and a half. That's a, a, a two years. It is not that big of a deal. You know, so if the Lord calls you to, to, to be here, then be here. Finish what you start. It's important that you finish what, what you started. Um, especially if, if your gifting is evangelism, you are in. The, the, the heart of evangelism. And then we, you, we, we bring in prophets. We, we have, uh, you know, pastors and teachers and all these other gifts. So I don't understand why anybody would leave. I left because that church was like backslidden. That Bible school was backslidden. It's, you know, I shouldn't be saying that. Uh, but to cancel out the gifts of the event, the office of the evangelism is insane. Um, and so we're not doing anything crazy like that. So, uh, I would, I brought it back though, right? Huh? The office of the evangelist. Eventually. Yeah. Because there's new, there's a new sheriff in town, (laughs) but I I'm, I'm telling you this because everybody wants to follow the formula as though if I say, you know, this is, this is me, this is what happened in my life that you could just say, oh, well, I'll make that formula work for my life. It's not going to work for your life. Like the the walk of faith and obedience is not a formula. It's you hearing and hearkening to the voice of God and obeying his still small voice for you. And it's going to look different for you. It's, it's, it's not going to be the same as Pastor Adolis and John. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's a cop out that you, you would bring that up and be like, oh, well, it happened to Adolis and she, no, that's not, I heard from the Lord and there's proof that I heard from the Lord as, 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 you know, look around. All of this is proof that I hear from the Lord. And I'm, I'm kind of like, it, it ticks me off that people would just like, throw that out like oh I'm just gonna do that because I've heard somebody else do it and then two years down the road they're working at Chick-fil-a do you feel me like so no you didn't hear from God because there's no fruit you will know them by what their fruit fruit. so if you're not bearing forth much fruit great fruit then you didn't hear from God and so it's just not worth it like why not finish it and then just you know uh hearken to the voice of the lord press in and then get that divine direction there's nothing better than being right in the smack dab will of god for your life and if he called you here then he's going to give you the next step but don't mess it up thinking or muddling it up with with relationships and stupid stuff focus in i know we're girls we all like to look pretty we all like to be accepted and and for somebody to look at us like you look good you know 
That's very natural. You, there's going to be plenty of time for that. But right now, you've got a little tiny window, okay? It's teeny tiny in the span of, of your careers in ministry or whatever. This is such a, like, it, you're going to look back on it and be like, that was such a beautiful time that I could, you know, get acquainted with the Lord and his word and his call for my life. I'm going to press in like never before. And then in that time, like it was with me in Bible school, he spoke to me for the very first time. He told me with certainty what I was going to do. And that has really been what I've fallen back on every time things get sticky. It wasn't a word that Jonathan gave me. It was something God spoke to me, which is why you are here and you're, you're outside of your comfort zone, outside of your bubble, outside of the protection of your mommies and daddies coming. Now is the time for you to press in and figure out what the heck you're going to do. Okay. And I'd like to hear from Agalas as far as encouragement for the girls that this is their last semester, they're launching out, yeah. and they're not married. Because I know for you, mm-hmm. you know, when you left Zion, you weren't married, and now today you're married to a wonderful man. And I was even thinking as Pastor Dolls was talking, you know, I was listening to the podcast last week about feminism and what it made me think about. It was back in school, both of you guys, when you came in, they were mid semester students. And when they came in, all the girls were like, like they had a vendetta, you know, for, for them because they were bold. They were unashamed. Um, they walked and talked and did what they did. They weren't meek. They weren't waiting for a guy to come alongside them. And that is something that made me think of like when you were saying like, okay, what, what did that feminism was? And it wasn't more like that. It was just that you, they came in knowing that God had a call in their lives. They were outspoken in class, which is perfectly fine. They weren't waiting for someone to come alongside and say, you have a gift. God is going to use you. You're going to launch out there. They already knew. So what encouragement would you give for those ladies? Um, Just to understand that, you know, the word is true. And so when, when the, the Bible talks about, when you stay the course, then all of these things will be added unto you. So I never questioned whether or not I was going to find the right one. I just, it, all I did needed to do is put my hand to the plow and then just get to work. Mm-hmm. So I never really ever worried about any of that kind of stuff. Also because I am the youngest of seven. So I also like, I would always see all of these toxic relationships around me. So I was like, listen, if it ain't God, it ain't for me, you know, kind of thing. So, um, and not saying that I didn't date along the way, which was like stupid, I think, but I did have an understanding that like all of that was going to kind of like sort itself out and I don't have to mind my, I don't have to worry about finding the right one. The right one is going to find me. So, um, so you, you make sure that you're doing everything you can do to be obedient to the call of God. And that's, that would be like my number one, you know, advice to you. You stay busy with the things of the Lord and then everything will be added unto you. I mean, I'm talking about career. I'm talking about, you know, a honey, uh, you know, and then it just, it's a perpetual, what you start now is the same role that you're going to keep into your, you know, thirties and forties. What do I mean by that? So if you, like we talked about creating this like false finish line of sorts where it's like, you know, once I get a husband, I'm going to be happy. Once I, I, once I, once I meet the right one, then all my bills will be paid. All my, my financial woes will go to nothing. I'll have a home. I'll have stability, et cetera, et cetera. Then you know what that turns into? Once I have a child, then we'll be happy because we're not happy right now because we don't have a child and we haven't experienced what it's like to have a child. So then you have a child and then it's like, once we have a home, 
I'm going to tell you right now, that's where, do you understand the pattern here? So it's like once you realize that, wait a minute, this, I'm going to be obedient in the now, right? Faith is now. So you take life by the proverbial nuts and you squeeze them till there's nothing left to squeeze. And, and then you, and then more will be added unto you. That's just like, that's just life. Why wait to, to get to a certain point to enjoy life or be happy. It's like my single years were some of the best times of my life. My married years without kids were the best times of my life. My married years with kids, best time of my life. Married when kids and our first house, best years of my life. And it's been a perpetual like flow because it started here. Does that make sense? But now, can I just add something too? Because I think we need to get there with, with this is the idea that you had mentioned that we need to be very like, uh, focused on the Lord and get a word from the Lord when it comes to like who to marry, which I think is, is fine. But are, we need to implement some of those things with the reality of the world Mm -hmm. and the reality of the tangible. So we have to marry tangibles with the spirit because at this point, you're at an age where hormonally things are happening inside of you and you're going to to make God sound like your emotions. So what I see is I'm dating this, this guy. Everybody on the outside can see he's the absolute loser. But then we get the story. But God said, God said to me. So I... Like as much as I, I want to believe that everybody is at a place where they can hear clearly from the Lord, I do think that emotion triggers those voices as well. So how do we marry the two? If, if, you know, how is it that we can stay spiritual, but then take some tangibles and then just kind of marrying the two? Why are you asking me? Are you, you're setting it up. You got the answer. Right, I'm I'm setting you up for the, for this. For this one here. Because there's certain things that you need to look for in a spouse. And so we covered the, the like flowing in the spirit. Yes. But then there's certain things that you cannot turn your eye to. Okay. And so we're going to cover some of these things now. Um, but as I'm not sure if you guys have sisters or if you have moms or whatever, I don't know where, where everybody's walk of, in life is, but it matters because, you know, Having somebody that can speak these truths into you, especially when you've never dated before or whatever, is so incredibly important. We're gonna we're we're showing you some of these things because we're showing you some of the blind spots, you know, like that you may have as you're, you know, going through the course of dating. Um, and so let's start with the first. Go take it away, Dallas. Um, he has to be saved. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't even do me like that. Like, honestly, if you are even looking that way for mm. an unbeliever, you are dense. You're a little baby, and you need to start Bible school all over again. Um, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, then you get people who are like, because we have a church now, too. So we see this stuff kind of all the time. So it'll be like, no, the Lord sent me to be the... It's missionary dating is what they consider. It's like, I'm going to win him to the Lord, and then we're going to make all of his dreams come true. Been there, done that. Doesn't work. And I like to jump in for the practical part on that. I see a lot of times when someone gets saved, you know, it could be female or that guy just gets saved. And then 
people will be like, well, they're a Christian, so they may be the one, or they must be the one. The reality is there are great Christian men. It doesn't mean that they're the ones for you. That's right. Being able to look at, can I have an intellectual conversation with this person? Good. Can Write that I, down, y'all. Can Write I go down. to them? Can you have a, yeah. a nice conversation with this person that's pleasant, mm-hmm. that, that challenges you to be better? Or are they as dumb as a stump? Yeah. You know, like, uh, like I don't understand that. Like, marriage is really not that difficult. Do you enjoy that person? Mm-hmm. Forget about love. Forget about anything. Do you like being around that person? Yeah. Or are you just like with that person because they're there? Yeah. And there's like, oh, okay, well, he's like the hottest one out of the three, so I'm just gonna go after it. That's how people think. But people think that. Way. And then you're stuck with that person. That's for right. The rest of your freaking. That's life. exactly right. And also, don't date an unbeliever because it's yeah. a stupid move. It's it's deadly. What does it say? I can't what did believe, I can't believe you'd say? have to say that. But it literally, okay. it's a deadly mistake. hundred percent of the time, of the it time. just it really is. So, what are you doing? Stop it. Uh, move on. Next is even though they're a Christian, they can still not be right for you. Yeah. So even if it's it's maybe he's a new a newly saved Christian. He's a baby Christian. Maybe he's been a Christian for thirty years. It still doesn't make it the right match for you. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. And I know that we're just kind of like spiraling out of control at this point. That's but right. you have to like we're trying to show you that it's not the first guy that shows you attention. And then all of a sudden it's like you're making in your in your mind, you're making these plans to move forward. Like have some standards as well, you know, and continue on with the standards. Well, I know that, um, Dean, you were talking about like, should I create a list or shouldn't I create a list? Um, I think the list should be like principles found from the word of God. Like, is he a holy man? Is he working? That's a good one. Is he a man of integrity? Um, does he treat his family well? Like these are, these are things that like, if, if you have this set list and it's not like, I want him to have a neck tattoo and like a little piercing here (laughs) with like gray speckled hair, like don't get rid of that nonsense. We're not talking about appearances here. Okay. Cause so many of us get, we, we, we get stuck on the appearance and you actually miss out on the blessing because he's not really the package that you want him to be. But in reality, he's got all the freaking qualities of a really amazing husband. Mm -hmm. You got to think father. You got to think husband. You got to think, is this man in, in a time of COVID going to take my family to church? Is he going to defend us? Is, or is he just going to be like afraid and, oh, we got to wear masks? You know, like think about those things. <laughs> is he going to be, uh, is he going to be loyal to the house of God? Or am I going to have to wake him up every Sunday and come on, have to pressure him to take the kids in, but he doesn't really want to because he wants to watch football. Y'all don't, don't ignore the Holy Ghost, the, the leading. The moment you feel that, like that can't be right. Dip out immediately. Um, because there, there's certain qualities that you can never, ever dumb down being holy, being a man of work. Um, what else? Let me, let me see the list here because, because it's true. I think that the list, um, can take people into their forties and, and you're never, you're single because they don't match the list. Six pack, tan, blonde hair, one green eye, one blue eye. Uh Like, I I mean, like, it's so, So it can take you off course, of course, like definitely. Um, but having those godly traits, that's what's going to sustain you. So we talk about, or where you're going to learn about the different kinds of loves that you, that the Bible talks about. One of them being Eros love, the erotic love. 
But then after that, there's different forms of love that have to take you through 50 years of marriage. You understand you're not going to feel like the person that you marry when you're 20 is not going to look like the person that is 70 years old next Help to us. you. Mm-hmm. You're helping us. You have to have something that will carry you through in marriage. You know, it's like, like I, I always say this, like when I wake up next to my husband and he's got dragon breath, like the last thing I feel is like, is love. The, that's the last thing I feel if I'm being honest. So I have to have something that's in my spirit that is going to be like, all right, I'm going to make him breakfast and a coffee. Uh, like respect. get up respect I have respect for him so um, anyway so do you guys want to go through this real quick this list and we'll try to make it as fast as possible what time is it what are we doing on time here 147 okay marriage is uh, with an or whatever marrying an unbeliever is fatal mistake 100% of the time uh, marriage means leaving your mother and father do you want to speak into this no skip um, three, don't date an unbeliever so if you can't marry one don't date one just because you're bored or because he's showing you attention easy Yes. Easy. Um, take potential spouse to a Holy Ghost filled meeting and see how they respond. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a really good one. That's a good one. So why is that a good one? Because you can be unequally yoked. Even though they consider themselves a believer, they might not be f- like full of the Holy Ghost. And they how does he receive you? Yeah. Speaking in the Holy Ghost is straight uh, up weird. Uh. And so how can you try to divulge like the, the deep, intimate things that the Lord has revealed to you in your private time of praying in the language when he thinks you're full of the devil. That's it. That's it. It can't work. It's not going to work. You're going to get frustrated. And you know what? Inevitably you go that way. He doesn't follow you. You follow him. And that's, that's the way it is. Which leads us into five God's divine gender rules. You got to know them. Yeah. So you've got the great shepherd, the shepherd and the sheep, the great shepherd being God, right? Who's the who's the shepherd, the the under shepherd? Pastor. The father. Or the, or the father of the home or the man of the house. And then the sheep. So you have to understand that he when you marry somebody, he is the 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 leader. So he, does he lead? Or can you steamroll him every single time? You can get your way every single time. That is a big red flag. That's a big one. Because if he can't lead, follow his dude, leadership. you're gonna yeah. usurp him a hundred percent of the time. 100% of the time. And then it's going to be an off-balance house. And then you're going to be miserable because you're going to think that your man is weak. And then you're going to look at to another guy who's like, you know, leading his household. And then you're going to be like, wow, I wish I had a guy like that. And then it's just, it's trouble. So make sure that that person knows how to lead. And the divine gender roles, you submit. The, it's, the, it's the S word that nobody likes to talk about, especially us girls. It's, it's you submit as a wife. That means... If I have a feeling that we need to move to Pittsburgh, like I did, I have to be quiet until the Lord reveals it to him. And it's not like, if you don't move to Pittsburgh, Abel, I'm divorcing you. That's You know, there's people like that. Do you understand that there's people like that? Manipulation is witchcraft. So understanding the divine gender roles, your, your husband is the leader. And Let a man you, though, who won't lead is out of is divine order. Which is also important to um, note here that you got to fall back. Like, look for somebody that's going to go the same way you're going. You're called to Nigeria <laughs> and he's not. Do you think you're going to end up in Nigeria if, you're, if, if, you're, if he's not called to Nigeria? The answer is a resounding no. No. So like, what is it that, that's why it's, I, I don't think people take their calling that serious mm-hmm. because if, if you're just saying yes to the, the, the cutest guy that's on the block and you're following him out, I don't think you took it serious. I don't think you, you took the call of God serious enough because for me, 
if 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 I know with certainty where I'm supposed to be, and that other person has to fall in alignment with where I'm at. And luckily, uh, you know, God ordained it so that Jonathan was exactly that, that, that person for me, everything God told me to do, Jonathan was, was fulfilling it already in his life. He wasn't called to be a missionary to the Philippines. No. Cause I, uh, that would have, that would have been that we'd have to part ways, you know? So it's like, why not go find somebody that is going, that you could easily submit to because you're flowing in the same way. You're, you're, you're going the same way. It's easy to do that and join yourself with somebody that's going the same exact way you're going. So I just don't understand in the, in the realm of submitting, I think that that's, that's a lost art and it's, it's a cause of major problems in marriages because you get married to Johnny boy and Johnny boy doesn't even want to be in ministry. So you feel to go to Alaska to start a church and Johnny boy's like, no, I've got a business here that's making a lot of money. I'm committed to this business. You know what you have to do? You have to fall back and stay back because you're out of line. You'd be, you, it, it just messes everything up. So for me, it's like for that person. And this is why I don't even enter. I don't, I don't get in the middle of like relationships because for me, the can't. moment you've already it's, like kissed or made disastrous. out, it's, it's a wrap. Yeah. It's the hearts are, there's a tie. The hearts are inter, like, uh, intertwined. And you, all you're going to say is, thus saith the Lord. And when you say, thus saith the Lord, yeah. a dollar, but, 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 bye, dips out. Because that's a, that's a big thing. Thus saith the Lord is a big, big thing. That's a big statement. So you better, thus saith the Lord. You better know that he actually said that. Because yeah. you know what's, what's crazy is that then when it doesn't work out and thus saith the Lord means that it doesn't work out, then you're going to question thus saith the Lord every single time oh. you feel the Lord pressing you about something. Yeah. So you better watch your effing mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that was so much like, wait, it's true. But I wish that more people would be like honest with that evaluation instead of being salty about it. Like Scott didn't really just. I wish people would be just be like, I actually just really like him and I like like his attention. A hundred percent. I respect that. Thank you. Thank you. You're in the wrong. But I go. I can work with that. I can work with that. Yeah. Get out of here. Get get rid of him. But you know, I don't. I don't let that. Yeah. No. No. All right. God's divine gender roles. That's number five. Six, are they productive? Um, so are they productive? God, this means so much, especially in, in, for your age. Um, productivity, are they failing out of school? Um, do they come late to school? Uh, whatever you see now is basically the best it's ever going to be. So if he's not productive now in his years, then when he has a career, he's going to be bouncing around from role to role. He's going to be wishy-washy, et cetera, et cetera. You also have to understand what your expectations are for a husband. Is your expectation someone who pays all of the bills? That's okay if that's your expectation. If he pays all of the bills, that means that he's going to make maybe $100,000 or more, right? Maybe with Biden economics, we're talking about $350,000 or more. That's okay. You can have those expectations, but you also have the expectation that he's not going to be at home every single night for five o'clock dinner. Playing Scrabble with your kids. When he's making, he's making bread... He's not going to be there for, for breakfast. Okay. Right. right. So, and you best believe yeah, if you're staying home, you be ba- making that bread. Oh. You be, you be oh. doing your house duties and not like in a, in a, in a, fr- like, you know, you're completely like, I can't believe you left me here with these kids all day. It happens though. It happens. 
Because people are just drawn to the thing that they don't have. So you have a, a, a mother who has the husband there for dinner every single day. He's, he's you know, he pays the bills, mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily wealthy. And then he wants to lay low, wants to play video games. And she, she's like, you're a bum. You're a <laughs> bum. You know, whatever. It's like, you need to make more money. And then for the wealthy woman, it's like, you're never around. Right. I had to I had to look online Ugh. for another relationship Ugh. because you're not around. So it's like you're always that's just your human nature is to gravitate towards the thing that you don't have. But you have to lay out the expectations of what you want to see. Do you want your husband to be like the the person that can fix toilets? Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you want it? Do you want to marry a handyman or do you want to have to hire nice. every a plumber for everything? What are your expectations? If he's not a handyman, are you going to think he's weak? Because that's how your dad did it. Like lay out your expectations truthfully. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it'll help you. I'm helping you. Say I'm helping you. You're helping us. You're helping us. Thank You're you. helping us. Are they active in church? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I know. It's like, hey, you remember you guys are in ministry school. So that's always yeah, fun. I, I like it. This is... Uh, Obvious. So if yeah, you have, have to say this, but are they active in church? Attending a church makes you a Christian as much as sitting in a garage makes yep. you a car, right? So you have to understand that they need to be active in church. They need to be pouring themselves out in church. Why? Because that's exactly what you want, want to endeavor to do. And I have a, a husband who's not in the ministry, but he's active in church. So you do too, Jazz. So it's like you have to you have to make sure that that person loves the Lord. And if he loves the Lord, he shows it by what he does with his time, right? Good? Yeah. Next. Uh, this one's awesome because I think it's like so like another level. Like this is so me. Uh, number eight, get a recommendation from their pastor. Yo, what? Excuse me, like, dear Pastor So-and-so, can you please call me? I need a recommendation because I'm starting to date so-and-so and blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you, pastors, they have like this innate ability to want to watch over their sheep. And even if you're not a sheep, they want to protect you. So if there is something that this guy has, these skeletons in his closet, that pastor is going to be like, you know what? I'm not quite sure he's ready for a... a serious relationship at this point in time. Or he's going to be like, this is the best thing ever. Oh my goodness. You have what he's been praying for a wife for 10 years. You're, you could be the one, yada, yada. But get that pastoral recommendation. And it also will tell you if he's actually faking the funk. Because what if you give a, get a pastoral recommendation and the guy's like, I have no idea who that guy is. Even though he's painted a picture, right? We're living in social media age where you can paint any picture you want. But the proof is in the pudding. So why don't you get that pastoral recommendation? I'll tell you what. That's a great one. Yeah. Want to add to that, Ada? No. All right. Nine. Who are their friends? So, you know, we talk about this all the time here. So you guys should pre pretty much know that you are who you keep, right? So if you want to go to another level, you got to get, and, and your current friends aren't are losers, you need to get new friends and you need to surround yourself with productive people so that your productivity increases. So if you start hanging out with one of their, his buddies and they're losers, right? What picture does that paint of your the person that you're dating? So it does paint a picture. Anyone else? No. Okay. <laughs> 
You guys can just chime in as I run through these. Um, who are their friends? Mother-in-law is a prophecy of who your wife will become. So I'm not going to say mother-in-law, but I will say head over for dinner at their family. See how he interacts with his mother. See how he interacts with his father. See how his father acts to his mother. Uh, because you're going to start realizing that the, the, all children, especially sons, emulate the man. So if you start realizing that, wait a minute, the, the father is really out of whack with his, his mom, blah, 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 then that's something that you can address together. So this one isn't necessarily for us, but it's still a good one. 11, would you be embarrassed to introduce them to me? I think, I think that's pretty tell all. And it doesn't necessarily mean me. It could mean a pastor. It could mean like, or Pastor Jonathan, could you imagine? The people that I dated... Um, before I met Abel, I would have been totally embarrassed to introduce to Jonathan. In fact, I introduced one guy to Jonathan and afterwards he was like, you better end it or, or God will end it. And I remember like, okay. Um, but yeah. So would you be, God ended it. A God ended it. He did. <laughs> would you be embarrassed to introduce them to like someone uh, on pastoral staff? So if that person can't hang, it's not somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with. If that person is going to be like, make, feel, make you feel embarrassed, you know, that's not the, that's not the person you want to spend your life with. 12. Is that what number we're on? 12. Yes. No person can be expected to give you what only God can give you. So any unrealistic expectation that this relationship is going to f- fulfill the desires of your heart is total garbage. So unless you fill that hole first with the, the love of God, you're going to continue to run like a batty fatty trying to fill up because, well, what am I, I? I'm so dissatisfied, blah, blah, blah. Fill that, that desire with the love of God. And the way that you do that is diving into your word daily. It's a routine that can never be broken. Number uh, 13, how are they with money? How are they with money? So I understand you're at an age where you're not going to be dealing with a lot of millionaires, but what we want to emphasize are cheapskates. So if the person is asking for a, you know, a deal on uh, is do, doing coupons at, at dinner time because they they took you to you know Golden Corral, Golden Corral, and he has a coupon. You know, cheapskates make things very frustrating in your life, and um. And so I don't, and that's a really difficult thing to kind of like break off of people. So how are they with money? How much debt do they have? Do you understand? Do you see a pattern of the tangibles that we're trying to paint a picture on? How much debt do they have? So it's not just like, he's got blue eyes. He's got blue eyes. You have to get, you have to have some real life conversations. Uh, 15, how do they talk or treat their parents, which I already covered. 16, don't need to be wealthy before marriage, just stable, which really goes in tandem with how are they with money? Are you paying for them? Oh. 17, don't see where, uh, okay, don't see what they see, see where they're going, where they're headed. And I think you can speak into this a little bit more because when you met, Pastor Jonathan, it wasn't it wasn't what he is today. So what did you see when you you met him? Billy Graham. I was like, this guy is gonna make it straight to the top. 
And um, I think that was also birthed by the Lord. I remember when I was right before um, Jonathan had asked me out, I was like asking God for like, cause I also didn't want to miss it. Right. I'm in Bible school and I've got like a major crush on this one guy, Jonathan. And, but I'm getting like, I'm getting the taps, you know what I mean? Like, Hey girl. And so I was thinking like, what if I'm just like focusing on the wrong person? Like what I could be missing it with the people that I'm around now. So I just remember thinking to myself, like, I, I, I'm like wasting my time thinking about Jonathan. And I remember, um, praying about it and then God giving me a vision. And in this vision was a picture frame and I was there and I could see the back of my head and it was just like the silhouette of my head. But in this picture frame were the seasons of life. And I knew that I was focused in on something beyond what was just the picture. It was like God, like God's voice. So as I looked in the picture, I, I continued to focus. My fix never came off of the voice of God that was coming through that picture. And I, I, the, again, the seasons changed. And from my left came another silhouette and it looked exactly like Jonathan. And then from that, a cup came out in the middle of us and I grabbed hold of the cup and he grabbed hold of the cup, but in no, we did not look at each other. It was just, we grabbed hold of the cup and our gaze was completely fixed and focused on the word of God. And I woke up and I said, that's, that's eerily looks like Jonathan and that thing. Cause I remember it so vividly. And I remember thinking to myself, if you fix your gaze on God, like you are never going to fail. This thing is going to be foolproof because I'm not focused in on, uh, you know, him or the surroundings. I was focused in on God. What have you called me to do? And once you hone in on that, what is at like, what appears to you, like what's in front of you is not what's in front of you. You know that there's, there's, there's something greater there. And so I think God gives that to a woman to see in her man, like in the infancy of the, or in their small beginnings, I knew where we're going. I know where we're going. This is not even the top. Okay. So like, I knew that with certainty and I knew he was going to make it. So it it was, it was never when we were going to these little churches in, in Bethel, Vermont with 11 people, 12 people, 20 people, it never phased me. I never changed my opinion of him. I never called him a loser. I can't believe we're preaching at these little tiny things. I knew what he was doing. I knew that God was setting him up for something greater. And I knew that eventually things would look different, right? But I think that's innately something that God puts in you about your spouse. So if you can see past where you're at right now and see the greatness in him, pay attention to that because that's a God ordained thing. That's something that usually people don't see. In fact, most women will look at the now and be like, what car does he drive? How much money is in, in the account? You know, so, so you're focused in on wrong things, but when you keep it spiritual, y'all keep it spiritual. Everything in life has to flow out of, uh, uh, the spirit, not out of the flesh, anything in flesh. If you, if you follow your carnality, it always leads to death. If you follow the spirit, life and godliness come about it. Amen. So if you follow in that realm and that's why just keeps, keep spiritual. So when I focus like you're doing, you're focused in on the word that God brought into your life, go to Bible school. When you're focused and fixed on that, all of a sudden these things come in and it's just an addition. Like Mag started off. If you focus your gaze on the kingdom of God, 
and seek his righteousness first, he adds all these elements to you and just makes your life that much more beautiful. And so it was never like, uh, well, I wonder. No, I knew because of the spirit. And so when you're flowing in the Holy Ghost, these are things that the Holy Ghost gives you insight on, you know? So it's never a difficult thing and you're never just like, I hope he's going to make it. Like that was never the case. It was like something innately, you knowing by the spirit of God, that this is where we're going. And it might take some time to get there, but we're going no matter what. And you see that potential and you cater that to that potential and you see past the little. And then all of a sudden you're, you're where you're, where at, you know what I mean? So I think it's a spiritual thing. Awesome. All right. Um, 18, how's their temper? Most of the, the marriage issues that we see is because they have an uncontrolled temper. So that has to be on there as well. Um, and you'll and part of the nicety of knowing someone for a while before you date them is that you'll know whether or not they have a temper or not. Yeah. Um, 19, do they finish what they start? Do they finish what they start? If they are constantly giving up and quitting, then the likelihood of the marriage succeeding is slim to none. Because if they quit at everything, they're going to quit at marriage too. Um, 20 couple who prays and reads the Bible together every day divorces less than one in 1000. So that's for the couple that reads and prays together every single day divorces less likely. Um, all right. Are we going to tackle these questions? I mean, there's some crazy, crazy ones. <laughs> Does anybody want to ask questions live and in person? Yep. Right there. Live and in person. Is that mic on, um, yeah, Ron? Yeah, I heard it. Go ahead. No. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. Like I said, I didn't worry about who I was going to marry. So I was legit just enveloped in in just being obedient because I had walked away after Bible school. I walked away from the Lord for a little while and that didn't really work really all, really well. So when I got back into it, it was like, I'm all in and there's really nothing that's going to deter. Let me add to that too, because I feel like most people in Christianity, they're so fixed on the marriage test, element test, and test. I'm getting older and this isn't working out. And I went to Bible school and it didn't meet the yeah. whole thing. You're focusing on the wrong thing. Like if, if you were focused in on the ministry and being great mm -hmm. and, and making God famous, I know that sounds kind of like cliche and stuff, but like if that was what your attention is drawn to, the rest of it comes. You can't tell me that you're not gonna, you know, get attention when your ministry, your ministry is exploding and you've got a podcast that's now the number one Christian podcast and you've got a full schedule and you're riding a BMW and you're taking private jet. You can't tell me that you're going to get on somebody's radar, but we, we, we're focused and magnified on, you know, this guy is going to help me take my dream out. It's like you, you, if you just give yourself to the call of God, all of these things are going to be added onto yeah. you. Yeah. So you're just focused. Everybody's so fixed and focused like on marriage as though that's the be all end all of every like that's that's the catalyst. That's where my life starts. That's yep. where I can. It's not. I mean, it's it'd not. be one thing if it was the 1930s. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. Couldn't vote. It's right. not. It really isn't. You so, can do so much as a woman. It's not even funny. So it's like. 
Just do what God's called you to do. Yeah, Stay it. in on that. And once you do, again, I just don't feel like people really take the word of God seriously enough. It's the seek first yeah. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything is added to you. Let me tell you, that was Jonathan was the last thing on my radar when I followed the, the call of God. I didn't want to go to Bible school. I'm like, I'm better than this. I don't want to do this. And so I was like thinking to myself, I, I, this is the last place I'd want to be, but I'm here because I'm obedient to the voice of God. And because I'm here, I'm going to push away the distractions and figure out why I'm here. Yeah. Like why? And I want to know where I'm supposed to be geographically and what I'm supposed to do in the five fold ministry. Yeah. So g- give that to me with clarity. And the moment I started focused, focusing in on that, all of a sudden Jonathan came running around. Begging for me to marry him. Oh, God. <laughs> Questions? More? Good, we got one up here. Bethany, traverse the, the, the abyss. Okay, so kind of feeding off of that question, I've heard like a lot of different opinions and takes on this, so I'm just kind of curious. So if you know you're called into the ministry and you're like pursuing that, do you think it's wrong to date or end up with somebody who's not in the ministry? Is that something that should be on your list, even though it could work? Do you get what I'm asking? Like, mm-hmm. the same kind of thing? Like, is there, like, a right or a wrong, like, It just depends on what that? kind of ministry you want to go into, mm-hmm. right? If your be-all, end-all is to make a podcast, like the number one Christian podcast, to minister to women and children or whatever the heck you want, I don't know. Um, I think like, uh, like you, you can't say, I can't say it's a, a, as a blanket statement that that's not going to work because then it wouldn't have worked for Joyce Meyer. He's not a minister. Her, her husband's not a, a minister, but he knows his role. She submits to him and he calls the shots, you know? Um, so it, it's not like it's an impossibility. Uh, we, we say put it as a priority because it lessens the tension, you know? There, there's just, you don't want to, you don't want to have somebody, if that person that you find can, you know, help you and, and continue to kind of like put fuel in that flame where all of that stuff can grow and he cannot feel insecure doing his own thing and seeing you like rake in whatever, you know, all of the, you know, uh, followings and whatever, you know, if he's not insecure about that and he can support you and breathe life and be a good support system for that, welcome him. You know, he doesn't, I, I don't think that you have to be in, in ministry for that realm of ministry. If you want to be an evangelist, if you want to be a pastor, you gotta, you gotta have somebody that's gonna be, and again, it's not an impossibility. Sandy Garcia, who is in Houston, Texas, she is, is, is the lead minister of that church and her husband takes the back seat, really. And he's not insecure about it. He's a strong guy. And if asked, he he takes the mic and, and preaches. And so, you know, what I'm saying is it's very difficult to kind of like find those kinds of men that can cultivate your giftings and not feel like, oh, that's silly. Because that's what it turns out to be. And and we say the same for any men that are, are, are in ministry. If you find a, a wife, you know, that's a nurse and you're trying to make this ministry thing happen, eventually you'll see that she's starting to bring in the money and she starts belittling the the, the call of God on your life. And the pastor, oh, that, that little church that you got, well, I'm here like busting my tail off, bringing in the money. That's the reality of relationships and, and, and the, their dynamic in ministry. 
Um, but it just depends on what you're going to do. So I can't say that that's a blanket statement. No, but I would really, I would, I would get somebody who loves the Lord, loves ministry, who would, uh, support you in that endeavor. Um, and genuinely mean it, not just say so just to get married. You know what I mean? Like I, I support you. Yeah, no, I'll be there for you. And then really they're like, no, this is not going to work. I'm not putting a dime of our money into that, like, you know, podcast. This is a waste of time. Oh, wow. Three people have listened. You, you don't want that. You want somebody that's going to know your heart and the heart for the, have a heart for the lost. All of those things, like, yeah. What do you think? What would you say? It's much easier to get somebody who's like, has, shares the same dynamic and career goals as you. Much easier. So, I mean, that's just, that's the simple version because we could get dramatic in both, <laughs> both yeah. sense of the, of the thing. But, um, yeah, if you're, especially if I'm single and I want to become a pastor or an evangelist, by golly, it would be an amazing thing to get together with somebody who is an evangelist or somebody who's a pastor. It's so much easier. Next. Um, I've heard this before, and I don't want to say here, but they're like, well, you should put yourself out there. You should date and see what's out there. And do you agree with that? What does that even mean? I don't know what that means. I was confused too. Yeah, I don't... Um, I think making yourself friendly, like, like to me, I understand the concept there because there's some women that are waiting for Prince Charming to go and knock at the door yeah. and they are not social. They're not putting in their best effort. They're looking crunchy. They're coming out of their homes with, with PJs on. Yeah. You're going to church like that. Like, sweetie, no, you know what I mean? Now's the time you single throw on some heels on Sunday. Huh? Let me see them boobies every now and again. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> No, no, no. Let's get it. Let's let's take it. I'm back. kidding, but okay. but I'm just saying, like, put in a oh, good effort no, no. for crying out loud. There's like, no I way. don't need you to be up in a moo moo and then expect for people to like come running after you. Yeah. You're delusional. Put in something nice. Look good. So I like putting yourself out there is is. Like, just like it says, like the Bible says, show yourself friendly. If you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. If you want to have a, a, a spouse and you're looking for a spouse, by golly, go to the young adults. Make yourself like, you know, uh, uh, approachable. If they want me, they're just going to have to find me. Yeah, that's not that's not conducive to finding anybody. You have to be willing to like open up and make yourself vulnerable. Hi, my name is. How about start there? You know what I mean? So like if we're going to put yourself out there, it's just giving off that vibe where you're not like I'm waiting for my 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 prince charming to come. You're going to scare everybody away if you say those words. Okay, so so knock it off with that kind of thing. Like, I'm just waiting for the man of God to come and sweep me off my bed. No, that's not reality. Again, if you just focus in it, I'm like so busy. We're all so busy with life right now. You know what I mean? Like all of these little stupid little things like the the isms that people say, like that kind of stuff just doesn't make any sense because you're just busy. So when you're busy doing the work of the Lord, that's why I'm saying put your head down and start working. And keep your keep yourself busy doing what God's called you to do. And all of a sudden, you're going to look, and there's a honey right there. Yeah. You're right next to you. You didn't even know it, but he was right there. And he's taking notice of you working your tail off for the Lord, and it's a draw. Like, you want to exude that kind of love and femininity. Like, all of that matters, ladies. So when I, it's it's put yourself out there, maybe it's just putting your... A, a good, you know, a, a good step forward in that kind of direction where you are making yourself available and not just in a corner expecting for 
your That's Prince true. Charming to come in. But at the same time, too, I think that as a child of God, you don't have to compromise like someone else that's living in the world that has to go find a guy that's in the bar, you know? So if well, you have, or not. If there's someone, Dang, if, they, if they asked you out, you, you don't date just to date. If this person is as ugly as the back that's of the right. barn, okay. You're not going to go out with them. Yeah. Like, have standards. Have, have standards. standards. Yeah, exactly. Like have some standards there and think, okay, God, you called me to the school. You called me to this great commission. I know that you're going to bring this perfect person along my way and I'm not going to have to compromise. I'm going to be able to have an intelligent conversation. They're going to lead me spiritually. I'm not going to have to second guess. Are they going to be a great father? Are they going to pray with the children, with myself at night, you know, in the mornings? Are they going to get up, you know, and help me out too? There's these things that are like non-negotiables. So if some willy-jilly, you know, comes up to you and is like, hey, you want to get some coffee, you know, and you're like, I got five bucks in the in the bank, you know, coffee would sound nice. <laughs> at the same time, you know, have some standards too. Right. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Next. Anyone else? All right. Ada, go ahead and take it away with a <laughs> scary question. I'm not reading that one. I'm not going to read that one. See, they're that bad? I, okay, here. What do you do on the wedding night? How do you, you have go sex. about it? That's something. That's premarital. We huh? touch that. What uh, is it? premarital counseling? What they do on the wedding night? There's How a, do you go about it? Listen, there's a lot of good books. I'm going to be honest. What do you do on the wedding night? What does that mean? <laughs> For those that I, have, I, I, I see these these stories might be like way too way too broad. Yes, that might be. So what do you do on the wedding night? You, you would have sex. Yes, I don't understand. <laughs> And if you don't know what to do, that's where you reach out to uh, maybe a mentor or somebody no, there's, there's, that's a Christian that you, know, you would speak to. Okay. Daddy Dag has a, a book on marriage. There you go. With pictures. Yeah, yeah I don't know. He, oh he went gosh. to the place where Bethany. nobody wants to go to. Bethany. Okay. What? So uh, that's but yeah. something there. We can I'm, I'm actually the least uncomfortable with these questions, I'm sure, than all of you. I hate. I promise you, I will get right into it. If you guys want me to draw pictures, I will. How far or long does potential go when dating or courting? Too general. I don't know. Too general. Too how what? I don't know. How how far? How long does potential go when dating or courting? I don't know what. Like I said, like if they're if they're showing some kind of potential, you have to make sure that you they're checking the boxes. We're not just like dating people to date or because they're showing yeah. you attention and you have no standards. So it's like, unfortunately, when it comes to relationships, you're, there's going to be a laundry list of things that you want to check off. So okay, potential check next. Does he have a job? Check next. Does he go to church? Check next. Yeah. That's the reason why we gave you the twenty things to consider before marriage is because it's not just one thing and all of a sudden it's like I bought my my wedding dress. We're gonna get married next spring, you know. It's you have it's a it's a it's a checklist. It's not just one thing, you know. God made it so complex and so diverse and so deep. It's incredible. It's like the person that I married when I met Abel is not the person who he is today. Yeah. You change with that person. You you you. It's like a metamorphosis that you two, two become one. That whole process is like painful. It literally is. It's like that first year of marriage. I wanted to kill him. I wanted to literally kill my husband. It was like the worst year of my life. And then I realized that I had no understanding of what marriage was. The role of gender, I, th I thought I could usurp. Didn't know anything about submission. Didn't know a thing about communication. All I knew was how to get angry and how to cry. 
Those were my two methods of communication, which is also if you have a problem communicating, mm. you should probably not think of marriage that, because that's, that's the number one thing that's going to get yeah. you through all the hiccups in, in, in your marriage. Right. Could you imagine when all of a sudden, like, what if he sits down with you and he says, listen, I feel dissatisfied and I want to start. Uh, I'm going to I want to leave the marriage. And you're all you can do is like, <laughs> like, how productive is that going yeah. to be? You have to understand that you have to communicate, okay, where, what, what's going on? What opened the door? So you have to be able to communicate. If you don't know how to communicate, that's, that's something that you need to work on. Yeah. Go ahead, Faith. Just screw the mic. Just <laughs> we can. Pastor Morris is can always repeat it. Like he's the one for you. How do you go about like with parents? Obviously, they have no control of your life. But how you go? How do you go about honoring them? Like if somebody's your husband and his parents, they kind of suck. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? So, so what? What about them? Because you said there's something, but what's kind of something? Oh, like so, they're not saved, or they're crazy. Well, like let's say they're not saved, or they're uh-huh. like crazy. Yeah. And obviously, you don't want to like be too close to them. How do you, how does he, like you want to, you want to honor your parents. How do you go about doing that? But at the same time, drawing a line. Uh, you have to, you have to realize when you get married, there's no third voice in the marriage. So when, when we say honor your father and mother, we are creating, um, boundaries, a boundaries for our marriages now, because although it, it is honor the, the father and mother, we as women now have to leave our families in and go join his family. Okay. His last name, but it's not, I'm, I'm going to like submit myself to the crazy things that are happening on his side of the family. We are both now going to partner up and believe that the Lord you know, shows up and that the family gets saved. But when it comes to like those third voices, you got to make sure that you start um, getting comfortable with the idea of not calling your mom every day or having, you know, to ask for insight uh, on certain things from crazy. Do you know what I'm saying? And allowing that crazy to permeate because you go, you do have to, you have to build those boundaries. But when Jonathan met me, my family was in no way saved. My dad was, was a Christian but he's very religious. And so, you know, if, if he was just basing that off of like, like, oh, if he was just gunning for me being a part of a picture perfect family with a pastor and a pastor's wife, and we have a church in Boston, Massachusetts, that's thriving. Like he wasn't going to get that far from it, you know, but we, we, that's why you have to have a, a knowing from the, the Lord. And there has to be a matching of that knowing from the Lord from him, because then you understand like, this is going to be a team effort, you, me, and God at the, at the center of it. And that's it. A three, the, uh, the, the three, what is it? Three strand cord. Three high so. Um, and, and it's not easily broken. So it's that. It's us three and nothing else. And then everything else, when you, when it's, when we talk about honoring it, it's respecting, sending them birthday cards, calling them every night, going to visit them, letting them spend time with your children. You're honoring by doing that. You're not honoring a mom and dad by keeping them around every single day, all day, and having them speak into your life. You can't do it that way, or, you know, your son's going to get sick. You build the boundaries, you know, uh, develop. And for me, 
just to be like straight up, I think it's absolutely the most beautiful thing when you and your spouse leave your hometown. Hundo. And just get away from the family, both of you. Because you're away from all of your comforts. You're away, yeah. And there's no, I'm telling you, I've seen it time and time again when you remove, because people don't know boundaries. So they allow these moms and dads to come into the relationship and start telling you because you're young how to live your life. Even godly Christian parents. Yeah, and they mean well. But they're toxic. So now you've got not only you and him, you've got the the in-laws, my my parents in it, and they're all speaking. You shouldn't do it that way. You shouldn't let him boss you around. You cannot have those voices of influence in your marriage or it will not work. You are going to live a life so frustrating. And so for me, when it comes to that kind of thing, it's the most beautiful thing when two people leave and then they just start hearing each other. And it's like, let me, let me know you. I want to get to know you. Let's mold together to become one. It's a serious thing. Mm -hmm. And every part of your life is impacted by that decision. Like, think about it. You got to share money. You got to now, you can't just dip out and go out with your girls. I got to like, see if it's okay with him. Like, are you, can, can I do this with my girl? Like when did I, that was such a jarring reality to me? Cause I was like my own woman. I was like, why do I have to ask him to do anything? Do you know what I'm saying? And I was like, no, but now because I love him and honor him as my man, I'm going to say, hey, can I go out here? I'm going to spend time with the girls. Is that cool? And then I was like, no, I have, you know, something planned or I don't like that friend. She's trouble. And then you got to allow him, my husband, the head of my home to, you know, you're taking it and you're, you're, you're making that now a new reality. Like what he says has to mean something to me. And I've got to structure my life based on what he says on what. And then, you know what? And I, I've, I've told Mags, I've told this time and time again, every time that I wanted to do it my own way, it ended up biting me in the ass every single time. Mm-hmm. Because I, Jonathan would say, don't do that. That's going to, I'm telling you, it's going to cause you a problem. I'm like, okay, thanks. Thanks, dad. Mm-hmm. And every time I did that, it would bite me in the butt. And now I've realized as the high priest of the home, he sees things that I don't see. So that's the beautiful thing about submission. Submission is a superpower for the woman. It's not a lesser. Okay. When you look at that, you see, oh, he's got insight because he's, he's, he's ordained by God to see things that I wouldn't see. So it's so easy to live life because I just, now I just fall back on him on everything. Is it cool? No, I ain't doing it, but it's easy. So I don't get frustrated because I know he's, he's where he's supposed to be. But um, I hope that answered that question because yeah. it's kind of all over the place. Can I add something to that? Yeah. That's why it's so important that you marry a strong man because that man, while you're dating through the seasons, he has to stand up to his parents. He can't be a mama's boy. So if you start noticing, okay, his parents are mistreating me um, or us and he's not saying anything, you're well, helping, you're helping honey, us. he's not the one because if he's not going to say honey, anything you're when you're us. dating, you're helping you better us. believe when you have two kids, you know, he's not going to say anything stop. there. So it's very important. Dr. Laura says it and she calls it, um, you don't want to marry and excuse my language, but a limp dick. You don't. I'm sorry. 
Listen, I, uh, yeah, you, you don't. You have to marry somebody <laughs> on many on that's many levels. strong that's going to stand up to their parents. Sweating. Like I'm blessed because my mother-in-law and my father-in-law are great, but my husband at times, if he needs to, he'll say, "Okay, no, you're not coming over," you know, or yeah. "Hey, no, you go through me." So that's something that is very important that you want that your spouse to protect you, to protect your like fold in your marriage too. So don't marry someone that's you want a man to defend you. you. Yeah, you want somebody to be. Not only because that's what I, the the head of the household. He's a pioneer. He's he's moving in the direction that y'all have never moved before. Which means he's gonna have to lead. He's gonna have to speak something out, and it's gonna make everybody feel uncomfortable. But whatever, you're setting the precedence, you know. Especially when you start having kids, yeah. like you gotta set those boundaries. You're not gonna come over every day. No, yeah. like we can't. We can't do that because you're crazy, and yeah. we don't say it that way. But you know what I'm saying. So you got to protect your peace in the household. Again, it's this beautiful bond. And then it becomes like a camaraderie between it's like this brotherhood. And it's strange because you're using it as a brother. But it's like you've got this person that's like your 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 compadre out in the 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 field in the war. You've battled, you've weathered it out with this individual. And it's like every year it gets better. Cause you're like, that's my homeboy. Like I, I love you and we have children or we've had have a child, but like it goes deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. So don't marry a a a, a limp biscuit. <laughs> okay, okay listen, next question. Go uh, what are the other ones that like let me see the the pic- the questions. <laughs> Okay. All right. Any other questions here? Yes. So obviously there's a lot to be gained in marriage. Um, so for the three of you, what are some things that so far you look back and you're like, wow, like since I've married this guy, this is what I've gained. This is what I've learned. This is like the strengths. So it's way too many. Everything that's good in my life is because of Jonathan. I promise you, because I could have easily gone so many other ways, you know, like I could have, I could have, uh, Jonathan was not my first love. Okay. I, I had a boyfriend before him. So he's like, you're my first love. And I'd be like, cool. Stop. <laughs> because I've got to be honest. You know what I mean? You are. But I, I, I'll tell you, like, I, I love that guy, but my life would not be the same. And I don't know if I'd be alive, to be honest with you, with the, the stuff. Jonathan has enriched my life in, in ways that I didn't even think was possible. And especially as a woman coming from New England, where you're not allowed to say that a man can enrich your life and make it meaningful because you have to hold your own and you don't need no man to find fulfillment and blah, blah, blah. I can't even begin to tell you how colorful he's made my life. He doesn't know how to fix a toilet. He's not a handyman by any means, but he gives me joy. He brings me joy. He just makes me laugh. So on the days that I am shoveling out the our cars out of the snow and he's just standing there cracking jokes, I don't get upset about it because I I desire that. I want you to make me laugh. I could do this on my own all day with my eyes closed. I don't need your help. You know, what I do need is joy. What I need you to do is 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 hold it down for us in that kind of the the spiritual realm or whatever. Uh but everything, everything about my life is so much better because he's in it. Um, so uh, my, I found my voice because he encouraged me. Um, the, the ministry that I have, the books, he's never been insecure. He's the one that's pushed me to in that direction. He's been a phenomenal father. He's a, a great man behind the scenes. Like people don't know that. He's not just up there like, you know, it, he, he is, he's, he's everything. Yeah. So to say like how it's impacted me, there's just a way too many. Like my life before him was, 
Um, I'd say with me, especially during the season, having Brooklyn, it's I came into marriage thinking, you know, you think, okay, marriage is 50-50, everyone tells you. There's going to be seasons where it's 70-30, you know, or the other person is pulling the load and knowing that. Like right now in my life, I'm so grateful. My husband, it's like 70-30 at home. Like yeah. he, he's cooking dinner. I mean, he, I, I, I couldn't Tell me more. It. I could not. <laughs> How was that? Literally this whole week he has cooked dinner. He's taking care of my baby today. Yeah. He took off work to take care of her. And, wow. And that's something where, like, knowing that there's times where, Jesus. you know, as you move in marriage, like, mm. that there you have to be, okay, if he's working, you know, if he's traveling, you know, you're at home. It's 70-30 is on you, yeah. you know? And, but there will be other times you want that person, mm. that camaraderie, where they're going to be able to pick up the load when you need it, that's too. That's good. That's good. Maggie's? You want, ready for this? All right. Oh. What oh, are the ultimate to. no's in the bedroom as a married couple? Christian you didn't couple. answer the, the blessing. She had faith asked to all three yes. of us. Wait, what? How has a marriage enriched your life? Um, what have you learned? Yeah. What have you learned? <sighs> that doing it God's way is way better than any way that I could possibly do like it. Job. So, yeah, I think that. I was totally against marriage. That's that's isn't that fun? I'm sure you guys know none of you expected that, but I was totally like when I say feminist, I was a true feminist back in the day. So I was all about women's rights and I wanted to be the single, like I wanted to to be the breadwinner and I wanted to blah blah blah. And if a guy was so lucky, you know, to marry me, or you know, I'd be the blessing and all that kind of stuff. So it really did take the Lord to just kind of like move move in my life. And the, the set of events, the series of events that happened with Abel was something that needed to happen because I'm so thick. So like for me, I just wasn't like, I mean, I got so many confirmations with Abel that it was, it's, I mean, it was like uh, just a whole laundry list of confirmation um, by the Lord, but it was by design because I needed that in order to know that he was the one. So the blessing in marriage was that when it's God's way of doing it, the, the like when I married him, I was like, all right, awesome. I know that I'm going to be like, like financially stable because he, I knew he was a hard worker. Like you just met him once and the dude could build a house right in front of you. Like it was just amazing. Um, but then I knew that I would have fun with him. I knew that he was spiritually stable. He would take the lead. But the things that I didn't see, like, um, Dean Malmel was saying is what's like, it's, it's overwhelming even now. It's like, what I didn't see was the amazing dad he would be like this dude would take, even as an infant, you know, where other dads are like, I'm not changing a diaper, a single diaper, you know, he would change the baby. Don't tell everybody about us. (laughs) He would take the baby like for like, as, as when all my babies were infants, we had, we set a schedule where I would take the baby basically for the day. And then up until one in the morning, after one in the morning, it was Abel's duty from one to six. So I could tell me more. (laughs) So I'm able able to sleep from one to six. And he was as a, like with newborn babies, he was taking care of the babies. I mean, all of the kids, he would bathe the babies. I can't believe you would allow him to do that. A hundred percent. He, he was, he is the most amazing dad. So it was, it was absolutely like I look and then even through COVID when we were working crazy hours and he would just be like, go, I'm, I'm here. I'm, you know, like, or any time that I would, like, I feel like I'm clearly like run by like more emotions than, than most. Cause I'm just like angry all the time, but he's the guy that he's my great equalizer. Yeah. You know, he's the one that's like, he's like, you're overreacting. You're so dramatic. Ew. Please bring it down yeah. a little yeah. bit. You need that. And he does. He is 
So when I say that, like, you know, we we transitioned into something like completely different, it's just, it literally is. I mean, we, he and I are like, I, I don't even think of anything. I don't think of it as a marriage. I just think of it as like myself. Like, what do you mean? Oh yeah. Oh, and we're married, but he is me. I am him. Like everything we do is for each other, by each other. It's just, it's this absolute wonderful relationship. I know is there's really nothing quite like it. And when you do it God's way, you'll be protected for the rest of your life through, through all the seasons. Cause let me tell you, I was a crazy prego. So especially for that year, I was like hormonally totally out of whack. And that dude walked me through some of the darkest times of my because life. Because of me. Thank you for that, um, Pastor. I was like, able you were doing pastoral duties. <laughs> I was doing pastoral <laughs> duties before I was a pastor. I was like, able, she's, it's going to be all right. Yeah. You stay like, with she it. Gonna all right? be nor- is she ever going to be she's normal baddie. again? She's a fatty baddie. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I think that when you do it God's way and you let him, like, you let his hand be on it, man. It's it's yeah. just a perpetual, just wow. increase. It's awesome. All right, you ready for this question? What? No. What? Oh, we have a few minutes, um, and it is: What are the ultimate no's in the bedroom for the for a married Christian couple? The marriage bed is undefiled. Ah, uh, no don't pornography. Don't yeah. use any outside sources. You know. To come into the bed, you don't stay yeah. away from no Kirk Franklin. Okay, no Kirk Franklin. Let's not do that. Yep, um, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know what happened. Kirk Franklin's in the bedroom. Google it. Yep. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, she said, "You say no gospel." What, he did what <laughs> Pastor Dallas was talking about. So, so what? Yeah, you so just don't want, don't allow those outside influences to come in. You know what I mean? If you want to be creative, get creative, girls. Keep it spicy. Next. Mm-hmm. Um, testing, Zach. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so this is kind of from an opposite standpoint. Like, what do you do? Because I've, I've heard, like, people talk about this. Like, what do you do when somebody who you don't, like... Like, um, the, the, like approach period, you right there. You. Why even like go you, beyond you that? You know yeah. they're not right for you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you do with that, like, and politely? Because you know what I mean? Really. I don't give a rat's patoot about I'm mean. I get <laughs> mean. I, I get. Keep it moving. Because I'll tell you what, what happens when you, when you get aggressive about who you are and what, what you have to offer, then it sets the precedent for all those other Guys, because of course, like it goes around like that person. That's the girl you don't want to mess with. Trust me. You don't want to go there. So I get downright like ugly. Like, please do not talk to me. Like if, if it has to get to that point, you better believe that it's getting to that point. That's also a byproduct of great communication skills. Yes. You have to understand there's there's a, you know, the persuasion course that I teach in second year that we taught some of the second year students, you know, that course should help you with every area of your life, including this. Sometimes you're persuading somebody the the gospel of Jesus Christ. Other times you're persuading them to not talk to you. So what there's things that you can do body language, even before they approach you, you can like, so a body language of somebody that I don't want approaching me looks like this. Okay, like literally no more smile on my face. My eyes are are down. My my arms are literally crossed over my chest. Come at me, bro. And it sets the standard even before I have to speak a word. Don't you don't want to come up here. You don't want to do that here. 
Now, what's a body language of somebody who wants to be approached? So even understanding that your body language is saying something, you know, you have to be extraordinary at communication, especially as a minister. Um, And it starts with these awkward moments where it's like, I don't want anything to do with you. So please stop talking to me. Uh, And, you know, you may not, it doesn't seem like you have a, a mean bone in your body, but you can say, you know what, skip moving on next, or please stop talking to me. I have to go, I have to go somewhere else. Or, you know, the, um, the niceties of small talk where you, they, they say, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, gotta go. I gotta take a phone call. And then just literally just pick up your phone. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's ways to do it so that it's not rude or tacky the way that I would do it. So there's, there's definitely ways that you can kind of stop it from going any further and, you know, giving him the message, sending him very clear and direct signals. But you being like, is not a clear and direct signal. So make sure that you... And if he's persistent about it, you're not strong enough. Yeah. You have to be you very... You scare him. You'll be like, I ain't, I ain't asking her again. You got to make sure that like that line isn't crossed again. Don't ask me out again. Like, just mm-hmm. straight up. No. Lose my number. I, I, if he even has your number, I don't know. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't Insta message me. Don't try to slip into yeah. my DMs. Yeah. Please stop. No. Block. Block. You'd be... You know, blocking people is great. Mm-hmm. Even on your phone, man, you can block everybody. <laughs> Any more questions? Yes. Um, so say you meet a potential spouse. What's the line between you? So say you like really want to get to know them. What's the line between you're being too social and you're being like too much around versus he's got to find you and he has to make the moves? What's the line between you're being too social so it looks like you're making the moves and he actually is? Um, Does that make any sense? Uh, I think the man should pursue you. Yeah. So if you are the one doing the pursuit or wanting to get to know that person, then at that point, the reality is people always say, you know, you're going to know if that person likes you. I don't care what anyone says. Well, you know, they might just be like holding their cards back or not. You will know if a man likes you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then the reality is you want someone to pursue you too. So I think when it comes to that, like if you're in normal social gatherings, you're going to get to know their personality beyond that. But I think if you're feeling that like, I want to get to know them more, but I don't feel like they're doing it on their end. Um, I think there has to be a point where you then realign yourself and get out of your head and be like, okay, am I focusing on this too much? Is it taking too much of my brain power, you know, today? If that's the case, I need to put it on pause and you realize also don't it's not for now. Come off as like de- this desperate like girl that's like always mm-hmm. there, like, oh, there she is again by my elbow. Who is he? You know, yes. you gotta take he? the cues, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like I, I wish that more people would believe in themselves because if you know yes. that that's somebody that you like. Oh, no, no. Tell them. And, and you're projecting that, like, that vibe. They're going to approach you. And if they don't, keep it, keep yeah. it moving. Like, it's, it's <laughs> evident that he's either not interested or he's not interested. <laughs> there <laughs> There's nothing else, like, to me. Because it's like, if, if, you're, if you're doing, hi, Chris, or whatever that, you know. What if that was a word of knowledge? Like, <laughs> um, but, like, what, what if, the, and, then you're, and then it's oh, like, no, he's no. not reciprocating. Y'all don't negate body language. Don't yeah. go in, in your art. head an and already marry the guy in mm-hmm. your imagination when he doesn't like you. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, just to, here's a, here's a good rule of thumb. Of can, I, can I add, this is, this is the rule that I always say. If you get ready. Ready? I'm ready. If he wants to, he will. Yeah. Mm. That's it. 
Is he going to text you back? Is it, is it, tell me how hard it is to send a text back. It's not. Especially it if, he, it if he likes what he sees, you better believe he's like, without a doubt. Abel, I, I'd have to be like, this was me and Abel. No, you hang on. No, fast. <laughs> no, facts. you. Uh-huh. So you have to understand that there is that element if of If that's not happening organically, it's time for you to move on yeah. and not live in la-la land. Listen, if he wants to, he will. These guys will make a way yeah. where there is no way. So that's all you need to know about it. And don't don't be heartbroken about it. Just keep it moving. Again, if you're focused on the call of God, it makes it so easy that you guys aren't a bunch of losers because you guys are focused Amen. on the call of God. You actually have purpose in your life. So we can always say, hey, listen, remember, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. And none of it all, none of the, the noise matters. But yeah, if he wants to, he will. So that's all. Go ahead. Um. So I know you guys touched on like the knowing or like being with them for like four seasons and like seeing through all that because people change. Um, On the flip side, I've also heard like, oh, like, you know, we got confirmation from the Lord and we got engaged after two months and this and that. And like, I've seen it fail. I've seen it work, you know, both kind of things. Um, And I know that you touched on like, you know, you and Pastor Jonathan, like knowing each other for a while too, like being friends first, all that stuff. Do you think that there's like, a wise way or even a system or it's different for everybody is like a timeline is like you should aim to be with this person for this long, but it's okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I think you should aim to know a person. I think that's the, that's the, before you get romantically involved, before you start flirting, before you start making out, who is this person and where is he going? Is, is this the, 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 the wagon that I want to hitch onto? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, at, like start with just the basic, do you like Scrabble? <laughs> like, why are we talking about marriage right now? Yeah. Do you like brownies? Do you like chocolate? Because I love chocolate. If you don't like chocolate, we're going to have some problems. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, why does everything immediately yeah. in the Christian world have to lead to marriage? Yeah. Why not just sit back and chill for a minute and just so. let things happen organically the way that they're normally supposed yeah. to happen? Yeah. You know, for me, it was... And it's not a formula. That's what's silly. Because like Melanie and Jared, they're, he's he's in his 40s and she's 39. So when, when the Lord put them together, he said, marry immediately. That's going to work out for them. That's not going to work out for an 18-year-old and a, and a, and a 20-year-old. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like there's, yeah. there's a lot that goes into that. He has his own business. She has her own apartment. They've made lives together and it just makes sense to come in together. You know, like at, at 18 and 19, you're still trying to figure out who the heck you are let's play uno how about that you know what i mean like why does everything immediately have to in the christian world it's like we're already married like no let things just happen organically as i follow christ you know and and do what i'm called to do these god's gonna give me relationship friendships 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 and more friendships and then uh, eventually out of the the just happening happening organically all of a sudden you're gonna connect with that one person and then you're gonna find yourself i like being around him he's funny i like you know playing video games with him or playing whatever you know and then all of a sudden that's gonna turn into a romantic thing where you guys are now like uh talking about deeper things like what do you want to do with your life i want to be in ministry well me too that's interesting like where do you see yourself well this is and then you're starting to share dreams and aspirations and then from that develop a romantic involvement it's not uh, is this the person that i should marry right now i just really feel like it's like because we're in ministry together we go we go to bible school and we have the same it's not like just chill you know and 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 set 
Like, set a good standard. Like, why are you making out immediately? Oh. Like, why are you okay, just, go like, there. giving it? Because the thing is, mm-hmm. your brain stops functioning the moment you make out. Your heart is tangled up. That's it. Goodbye. Marry him. Because nothing anybody ever says is going to make sense. That You're not never going to agree because you've already made that soul tie with that person. You know, so it's like it's going to be really gut wrenching for you to have to break out of that. But if it's not God, if you pray like I pray, if it's not you, God, end it. He'll end it. And you're going to have to suffer through the hardship when you could have just done it naturally. Just what's up? How's it going? Let's play basketball. You know, like whatever that might be, like let it happen organically. And no, there is no formula. Everything, everybody's different. And if you're trying to, to, to do it like Jonathan and I did getting, you know, engaged in three months and like you're, you're fooling yourself. It's a, it's a, you're, you're bound to fail. So just do it the way the Lord has you to do. Just be obedient to God. Keep him first in everything you do and just be friends with people. Just, just how's it, you know what I mean? Like it should just happen organically. Wasn't it Pastor Jonathan, didn't he say that he'd, he'd never be. He was always mean to me. He was, all, he always made fun of me. He was always mean every single time. And I liked that because I was like, yeah. He's like, he's so funny. And then that, that like, you know, because that's his humor. If he wasn't mean to me, I would be devastated at the things he says from the platform. But because I knew the legwork and he was making fun of me well before that, now when he says it on the platform, I laugh. So I'm not like, I can't believe this. No, it's not. I know him. I know what it's, and, and, and that actually, the sarcasm attracted me to him, actually. So from that kind of stuff, you see out of that friendship, you see the, the, the idiosyncrasies and you see the ebbs and flows of that individual. And you're like, I can, I can connect to that. You know, it's not just catching you off guard. All of a sudden he's some kind of way. Well, that was on you. You didn't spend time with him. You didn't see the thing is when it comes to marriage, marry somebody that you like to spend time with. Here's an anomaly. Marry somebody that you enjoy their family, you enjoy going out to lunch with them and just having a good conversation. Can you have a good conversation? Can you talk about deep things? Yeah. Or is it just yeah. football? Like, yeah. okay, this is where it ends. Like, I, I literally can't. Like, stop. If you were blind and, and it wasn't just going based on looks, could you identify with this person? Could you carry on a deep conversation? Do you like being around them? I heard somebody like 90% of it is, do you like that person? Forget love. Do you like being around? I like being around Jonathan. He makes me laugh. I like it. I like, I like how he makes me feel. I like that he's funny. I like that we can talk about anything, literally anything. We enjoy each other's company. He doesn't irritate me. He's not somebody that I'm embarrassed to be around with sometimes, you know? So like it it starts there. So just, just what, like be just friends. Just, I think friendship, forget freaking marriage. And then wait and see how that just beautifully, organically evolves into what God wants for you. Do you feel me? Yeah. There is no formula. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's it? All right, that's okay. Another one um, here. Celinda, you haven't asked. Yeah. So um, if you get married um, and in, in the world and then you get married and then you get saved and then you look at your spouse and you're like, oh, snap. <laughs> 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 what would you guys do? Uh, stick, with you do? Yeah. stick with it. Stick with it. 
because there's it's covenant, right? So a covenant cannot be broken. Like it, what, what God has put together, you vowed unto God that this is going to be my person, right? And so don't break out of that covenant. I don't know, like you, you can't force him to be like you or force him to be spiritual like you or whatever. Um, but you can do your part as a woman to honor him as the man of God. And so if he's not fulfilling his godly obligations, treat him like he's fulfilling that godly obligation anyway, because he's the priest of the, of the home. If he's asking you to bring another broad into the bedroom, you're not going to honor that. If he's going to ask you to not tithe, you are not going to honor that. If, if it's anything that brings a tangible curse into your life, you're going to stand up and say, absolutely not. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, so I'm not talking about that kind of foolishness, but I am saying that a lot of times we as our, our, our women in general, they get married in the world and then they, they, they come to know Christ and they expect for the husband to be like Billy Graham or the man of God. And it just simply doesn't work that way, but you can sow good seeds of, of good words spoken, taking care of him that he actually wants to fit the standard that you've set him up for do you know what i'm saying it's like she's treating me like the man of god i'm gonna be the man of god that she wants praying love covers a multitude of sin showing him love it's the goodness of god that draws men to repentance so you showing him the love and goodness of god is gonna make him step into that role with ease but if you're like nagging about it i wish that you were more like jonathan you know preach you don't do anything that's not gonna help the situation like at all that'll actually repel it so um you know, just, just, and then be real with yourself. He's not that person, but that the person that I, that I, that I married is, is somebody I loved, you know, like I, I was goo goo gaga for him in the world. So I'm not going to forget those special moments that we had, uh, just because I'm saved now and things look a little different. You know what I'm saying? So don't give up on him because marriage is a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. And, uh, God puts you together. You've got children. And I'm just saying like it for, for in general, mm -hmm. if you have children, like, you know, make that a priority, um, and treat them like the man of God. Amen. My last question. Um, I had this conversation actually with a few ladies, um, not that long ago. Um, how, what would you say about hugging, hugging? the opposite sex? Like, as far as, I guess, going into ministry, like women, like if guys always coming to you, hugging you, like, I guess, how do you separate that? Or I guess you don't just go around hugging guys, you know, like opposite sex, like, oh, hey, um, especially a woman going into ministry. Mm -hmm. How would you, I guess, tell somebody that or to not hug a guy? I guess like with the opposite. Yeah. Like, okay. Save us for all the new creatures and stuff. Right. Opposite sex comes to you, always trying to hug you and stuff. Do you just not do that? Like they nope, I hug. Okay. Yeah, like I, I just, I carry myself in a way that that's not going to be something that you question about me. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm a woman of God. You're a woman of God. And so if you carry yourself and somebody like goes in for the hug, you're going to sidetrack them. Because you know, like there's intentions there. You're going to you're gonna redirect them and you're going to give them the side hug and be like, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? For somebody that's a, a close friend, you're going to. Yeah. All right. You know, like retract your bubbies and, yeah. the, you know, give them the awkward uh -huh. thing. Let them let them know. Hunchback. You, hunchback it out, you know. But 
that is not a thing. You you gotta you gotta know who you are, and and when you know who you are, no one's gonna try to mess with that. No one's gonna try to like play around or try to you know uh, give you feelies or you. They're not throwing out the vibe when you've got the wall up. Is what I'm saying. So you gotta you gotta act like the woman of God if you're just gonna be like. <laughs> You know, throwing your bubbies out and you're expecting not guys not to go in and, you know, hug you or whatever. You know, there's a precedence you set as a woman of God. You act like it. You carry yourself regal, you know, and then all of a sudden guys don't want to hug you. They want to shake your hand. Yeah. Or if they do hug you there, it's a side thing. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I don't, uh, hugs, I don't really like. Yeah. I don't take that really into consideration. What would you say? I mean, I don't think you should be running up and hugging, you know, everybody as a, as a woman of God, you know, and as, as you not being married yet. But I think I think Pastor Dallas said and and Magalis, okay, we're saying it's it's what you give off that persona, you That's know, right. you give off that don't f with me, mm-hmm. like type of I'm a woman of God, I have standards. No one's going to come up to you trying to give you the full front door. If they do the first time, they're going to be shut down and they're yeah. not going to come again. Okay, so I think that I will make you feel awkward. Just, I'd be yes. Like, All right. <laughs> Uh-huh. Or you just move on, and then it's not its not even an issue beyond that first time. Any more questions? Real quick. Anybody else? I have a question. Uh-huh. The one thing we didn't cover, too, is morals. Okay, so say they found the guy, and they can't wait to marry. Yes. Remaining pure, I think, is so paramount, too. So knowing those boundaries, what would you say to someone? Don't have sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. Don't, and don't even go there. Don't ever put yourself in a situation where, oopsie, that could happen. Because if you are in a place, just you and him, the oopsies are going to happen. You're going to go far farther than what you wanted to go, where you wanted to go. And maybe it's not sex, but maybe it's like inappropriate or whatever. Uh, you don't want to do that. Like there's going to be plenty of time for it. Just relax. Okay. Uh, but, but don't, don't put yourself in those situations. Don't get in a, in, in your parents' basement, just you and him. Don't, you know, don't be a person. Again, it's all about what you're projecting. Are you a woman of God? Then you're not going to be caught in certain places. You're not going to be caught sending nudies. I got to say that because this is with the, the life that we let now live. Okay. You, you gotta, you gotta set the standard. You're not, listen, ladies, none of y'all let me catch you posting a bikini shot as a woman of God. No. Turn to your neighbor and say, no, no, not here. Not ever. Okay. You are never going to see a picture of me in a bikini as long as you live. That's a promise. I vow to you and man. And God, no two-piece bikinis you ever going to see me post a, a bikini picture, okay? Why? Because I carry my, I know what people deal with. I know, I know what's out there. And I know the, the weaknesses in people. And I'm not going to allow myself to be used as, 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 as a pawn in the, in the enemy's game, okay? So no, there's just certain ways that we carry. There's certain things that we, we abstain from. And especially if you know he's your boo-boo, there's going to be time for that. There's going to be ample time for that. So just relax and don't get yourself, you know, uh, in that situation. Awesome. Well, that's it. You want to close out in prayer? And then we'll finish this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for, uh, your help. Thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. I pray, Father, that every one of these women would have a good, godly husband. 
that would join them in the ministry and whatever endeavor they choose to, to go into. And I pray, Father, that all of the other distractions, that we would set them aside and put you first. I pray that every woman would leave this Bible school with certainty, knowing where they should be, what they're called to do, what their message is, where to be geographically in the mighty name of Jesus. And your word says that if we put you first, you and your kingdom, you add all of these things to our lives. So like it was for me, like it was for Mel, like it was for Mags, as we put you first, we didn't, we weren't even looking for it. You added to us our spouse. You added us uh, uh, to our lives, everything we wanted and then some. So let that be the case for every person that's here, Lord. Bring addition, bring the multiplication to every area of their life in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, for every for every tool that the enemy might use, mm-hmm. a, a looking like a GQ yeah. honey mm-hmm. that would set them back or push them away from yeah. the call of God. Yes. We sever that relationship yeah. even now in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray that everything uh, born of the soul would be cut out. In Jesus name, father, we choose to follow your will and follow your ways all the days of our life with no distractions in Jesus name and all God's women said, amen. amen. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. Or if you're listening to my wife's, thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to our generation, go to revivaltoday.com and click give now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.